ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. My name is Russ Shaw. This is Season 7, Episode Number 17, 15-Year Little Rewind, a Little Review, a Little Why Does This Show Exist, a Little What's Going On Here. Back it up, a little bit. Today on the show, after 15 years, some thought-provoking questions and themes to touch on, such as what credibility, if any, do I lend to this topic? Who am I? And do I see myself as a pioneer in this area? Is there correct terminology besides sex addiction, intimacy disorder, uh, compulsive behavior, PMO? Um, What about stubborn, unwanted self-destructive even behaviors what's it been like unpacking these very sensitive issues from the perspective of an addict or a user so to speak what's it been like um, working to understand the mystery of motivation and why we get out of bed and do the business of life the way we do and get into themes of these things today ASI, 15 years after episode one. You see me now, veteran of a thousand psychic wars. I've been living on the edge so long, where the winds of limbo roar. ASI247.org is the website for this here podcast if you want to see some vintage web design. (laughs) Speaking of being 15 years old. My web design skills at ASI247.org, right there on full display. Um, You can find out how to be a co-producer. You can link to the Twitter, my Twitter handle, uh, at Russ Shaw on Twitter, all one word. And I'd love to hear from listeners, Russ at ASI247.org. The website, the email is working properly now, so I can receive emails at ASI247.org. Russ at ASI247.org. Would you like me to do more solo shows? Uh, My infrequency of doing the show, what's that about? Touch on a little of that today. Or there's the Facebook page, Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection. Uh, That's more of where I share show notes and things like that. Um, my pilgrimage search for that uh, group on Facebook I'm way more active there there's it's just a great community it's the community that uh, I would hope people would find it's especially in struggling with unwanted sexual compulsive behaviors all right there's a lot of groups out there there's a lot of podcasts there's a lot of approaches to this that in my opinion really are going after symptoms they're going after surface things this is my pilgrimage is 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 about getting to roots and, and that's what i really enjoy about it yeah my heart attached to that kind of community even as a social media community i recommend it all right my pilgrimage on uh, Facebook. We've been living in the flames. We've been eating out our brains. Oh, please don't let these shakes go on. And off we go. We are live with the ASI podcast. Yes, season number seven, episode 17. 
15 years after episode one of the ASI podcast. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. And why am I doing a live stream on Facebook as I do this on heart, mind, love, sex, and affection? Because I tend to edit this show way too much. Um, By the way, if you're seeing me on the video, welcome to my basement where I record uh, the hard mic part of these. Sometimes I record them in my car on the uh, little device, but this is uh, coming straight from the studio quality microphone from my basement. And I like live radio. Uh, Editing the show has taken way too much time, and I see it as a burdensome blockage in my creative energy, so to speak, as far as doing this show and uh, some of the other things that I do. I'm trying to clear out some of the things that tend to uh, have me not want to do this, to be honest. Um, There's still a lot to say. Uh, As far as this show, I'm I'm doing the us and us, right? I'm I'm struggling for words here. But I I have some things that a, a list of talking points um, as if I am doing a live broadcast, all right? So I'm going to get serious about the material now. (laughs) See, see, this is live, right? This is not me editing. Um, Little bottled water. Uh, History of the ASI show. First of all, the music. Um, that song, I kicked it off with uh, a song by uh, the band Blue Oyster Cult. I play a lot of classic rock, you know, stuff like that on the show. Um, I don't tend to... This show is produced from a Christian perspective. I uh, would consider myself a Christ follower. I'm not real fired up about the word Christian, to be honest. Um, but as a spiritual makeup, that's been my path. Um, since I was a kid, you know, introduced to Jesus and church and things like that, and how God has has been explained to me was through the the Christian stream of things. Um, so, on a spiritual perspective, that's been my my approach through all of these years, and I would still consider myself uh, a, a Christ follower. Um, as far as what that has to do with the topic. Obviously, there can be a lot of shame involved. There can be, you know, this idea of savior, these themes, uh, talking about the sex from a Christian perspective, right? The thing that a lot of people are doing that they don't want to talk about. The Over the years, I've fielded hundreds of emails. Again, attitudes of sexual integrity. It's amazing that I'm still recording this show, to be honest with you. Looking back, um, where I was when I started, again, coming back to my faith, I'd walked away from it, was really angry, uh, angry at God, angry at church, angry at, you know, all of the fakery, you know, out there. And then realizing that I was out of control in my behavior, I, I came back to it. I came back to faith, found a little church in Marysville, found people who weren't faking, I felt like, you know, and and guys who would listen to me and had helpful community, you know, and and brought me in, I I felt, 
into a place that felt more like I belonged, right? That I wasn't, you know, dirty or necessarily disgusting, right? Like I was, okay, there's there's essence, there's love, there's purpose, there's something in you that is important and let's, you know, let's talk about that. What, who is God and who are you? And, and these kinds of questions. That's where I was when I started. I was, I, I was a year clean from pornography, to use that word, all right? I hadn't used pornography for a year, and I thought that that was really um, a, a landmark or a milestone that I couldn't ever get to, you know? I had been hopeless for so many years and trying to stop and feeling like a horrible, dirty sinner, right? And then just this cascade of shame and then you know trying to quit again and saying I'm sorry and just this cycle that I was in for so many years after going a year that was a celebratory hey maybe I could start a podcast and start talking about this podcasting was pretty new in 2005 when the show started Facebook didn't exist yet you know uh I think MySpace was just coming online at the time, as far as social media is concerned. Um, but my headspace uh, when I started the show was, uh, can someone help me, you know? Can someone, you know, can I shine a light in into a dark space and maybe bring some folks along with what I've learned over the years. That was really my heart, I believe, in, in starting the podcast. Um, where am I at now? Uh, I don't go to church anymore. Um, I talked about in 2006 about Mark Driscoll and this new church in, in uh, Seattle that was making waves and affecting the culture and very excited about Mark and what he was doing. Um, Donald Miller wrote this book, Blue Like Jazz, and uh, Pastor Mark was the cussing pastor from Seattle in that book. And it was about, you know, this emerging, emergent movement of Christianity that was, you know, early 2000s, late 90s was coming about. And later on, he had a, about 2014, that whole church that grew to several locations, tens of thousands of people. Um, it doesn't exist anymore because the guy was a bully and uh, ended up lying about where church funds were going. Um, I was belonged to AC3. I went back to that church, the church that I started going to with Mar- in Marysville. And, you know, when I confessed everything to that spiritual community, it got really awkward for my wife and my family at church when they found out that I'm like the the guy with the sex problems. Um, another confession about the show. I started the show again, uh, November of 2005. And I talked about my struggles with pornography. Um, I didn't talk about how really bad it was until August of 2006, uh, that it wasn't just pornography that I, um, my, sexually compulsive behavior uh, although a year clean from doing those things was a lot worse than pornography Um, just about blew up my marriage Uh, my wife and I went through counseling and 
I was uh, that was a very, very difficult time. The show went uh, silent. Didn't know if I'd ever do the show again, to be honest with you. Um, I went silent for about nine months. I picked it up again. Just emails pouring in from people who were struggling. You know, the, that song, Blue Oyster Cold, the war still going on, you know. Uh, that song's kind of a dark song. <laughs> Some of the music I play on the show, um, it's it's not it's not always positive. And that's another part of this, the reality of dealing with compulsive sexual behavior of, of what some would call sexual addiction. Uh, I would call it addiction. Any bad habit, I, I hold that. That's something I've held for 15 years in this show, that this is a bad habit, that um, addiction, to define it in Webster's Dictionary, if you look it up, it's very much like a bad habit. You're doing something that you don't, necessarily want to be doing but you keep doing it uh unwanted behaviors are are considered bad habits right uh that's something i hold to today uh getting to the layers of sexual addiction is another another thing all right um it's not just like smoking or drinking or substance abuse to be honest uh, excuse me in a little <laughs> allergies down here in the dusty basement. Um, so it's it's getting into some of the darker themes and rhythms of the topics that I've used over the years, and some of that has required me required. It's it's had me using you know so called secular music, right? But just music that isn't entirely positive Uh, music to me as i understand it is is people expressing how they feel and how they think via sound um, via what they are going through they are emoting via music they people do it through poetry people do it through filmmaking these are ways that humans you know, create. And that creation is a form of communication of what's going on in the heart, right? It's not just all in our head and what we should and ought to do. And that brings us to another question or theme of this show. Um, those, What is motivation? Why do we get up and do the things that we do? Why do we do the business of life the way we do it, the decisions that we've made, the directions that our lives have taken, how much of that is will and how much of it is us, um, you know, settling into the movement of time and how life just unfolds. There's, there's people that I've heard motivational speakers and some of these guys, you know, Tony Robbins and people like that would say that there's some people that are like a, a ship that's in the ocean without a rudder, you know, they just kind of get tossed back and forth through the waves. And then there's people who choose to, you know, create a path or direction for their life. I find stuff like that really interesting. Um, a lot of the self-helpy kind of motivational speakers will tell you that you are in total control of your life. Like you control the direction and you control the, the rudder. And there are storms that happen to people. All right. There are, uh, ghosts that people are haunted by in the past. 
And while I'd love to say that you can just leave the past in the past and it, you know, it's the past, it's just, it's over. Just put it in the past and you're fine. You learn lessons in the past. You, you know, in recovery, it's another part of my story. I'm uh, 30 years plus clean from methamphetamine addiction, drinking myself unconscious, uh, went through rehab for alcohol when I was 17, 18. Um, 17, uh, got involved with amphetamine addiction and, and sought some help for that. In those groups, you will find people dealing with their demons, dealing with their ghosts, right? You can believe that you're on a ship and that ship is sailing and you're in control of the rudder and the steering wheel. And this is a storm, but I'm, you know, I'm the hero of my story, uh, there's, if you got ghosts running amok down in the right navigational area of your vessel, that's something you're going to have to deal with. All right. That's not, I'm not trying to be, you know, Oh, you know, just ruminate on the past or whatever. No, but you learn lessons as a kid in your childhood. This, this idea of inner child, um, there is a kid, you know, the emotional part of you is very childlike. Uh, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? What gets you excited? Uh, sexual arousal, when that part of us gets into maturity, when, when that's interrupted, right, by something that's not, you know, the perfect design of how we should learn about these things. Um, these are, these are things that I've had to, I mean, 15 years of doing this, I started out kind of with, with that attitude of, you know, leave the past in the past. You know, um, I really had this sort of bravado uh, around this topic and thinking that, you know, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about certain things, you know, you don't have to talk about everything. You don't have to share just layers had to be peeled off of me. I, I, I use the analogy of armor. I had an armor suit on starting this podcast and my kind of egocentric teenage part of me that really survived a lot of trauma when I was, when life was new to me. Um, the guy that said, buck up the guy that said, I'm not a victim. I'm in control of this. I, you know, I make the decisions in my life. No one tells me what to do. That guy had a a big part in the birth of this podcast, you know, in my attitude towards things in the beginning. I'm opening on the computer screen here. I'm opening, uh, the feed for the podcast on, uh, FeedBurner, which I used. FeedBurner was new. FeedBurner got bought out by Google back in the day. Um, some of these episodes that I did back then, I'm trying to to pull up here, going all the way back to season one, episode one. That was uh, Kanye West. I used <laughs> a bumper by Kanye West, trying to use a what's called fair use here in the United States. This is what talk radio uh, does. They you know, hey, uh, or, you know, check out the band. Or I have a Spotify that's attached to this. Now I used to link to you know buying 
the songs on iTunes. If you go to ASI247.org, you click on uh, the classic ASI page that is like 15 years old. And there's a whole list of music that you could still probably buy on iTunes. It's linked to other places um, back when people were not streaming, right, back then. Uh, but, yeah, man, Kanye West um, was the first the first uh, Jesus Talks. That was the episode one. Um, the reason, episode three, uh, the reason is you. Uh, Hoopa Stank had that song back then. Um, my wife, I started doing this for her, really. And uh, realizing later that that wasn't, I mean, it was a great start. But eventually I had to work on myself for myself, right? To love myself, to use that, right? Like, no, no, that that can be touchy, especially for Christians. To care for that little kid in me, that kid that gets disappointed, that kid that gets excited, that kid that still has wonder, the the really alive um, emotional part of me, I needed to care for him and not just work to better myself so that I could be a better husband and dad. I think that's important, but it's, you get to the roots first. If you just deal with the symptoms, uh, I think you're just going to have short-term results. All right. That's coming from my perspective, not a, uh, not an expert, but from my store, from my, my experience in life, Going deeper, going to the scary places, uh, getting inside, you know, like the dentist will start picking around in your mouth with a hook and find the pain and you go, ah, when you start finding the pain in your story and uncovering that instead of trying to run from it or hide from it or pretend it's not there, uh, that's when you start to heal. That's when you actually do become a better husband and father um, if you're a man a better person a better as that old song by leonard skinnard simple man would say something you can love and understand that's what's going on i'm interested in how people transform how people actually change instead of filling their head with knowledge or like maps of the path right there's knowing the path and there's walking the path that's a huge metaphor that may take some may take some time you know in solitude to digest that's where people grow in my opinion uh do i see myself as a a pioneer uh i see patrick carnes as a pioneer um myself in this creative work is just my story man i don't agree with a lot of stuff i've said on this show all right, I'll be honest. There's some stuff in the, this this feed of podcasts that I would I seriously consider taking down. I think about it a lot because I, I I don't I don't agree with it. I was in a a place that was very not just uninformed, but I hadn't exposed certain parts of myself. Uh, but that is part of the narrative that. That is the ASI podcast, you know, Mars Hill Church. I talk about how wonderful Mars Hill Church was in this show. Uh, 
that's another part of my story. Some of the stuff I learned there, not incredibly healthy. Um, but again, that's part of this narrative. I'm not, uh, as a pioneer, I don't know, I'm not an expert. This is just a, a, a narrative, an explanation, a glimpse into one who has suffered and struggled and hopefully has found some life. And I have found some life at the other end, all right? I'm a mechanic now, too, by the way. No longer in the pizza business, uh, driving around, going to franchises, picking up pizza, going to big companies. I did that for over 20 years. I was an Uber and Lyft driver for five years, full time. Uh, and now I am a, a mechanic. I got that job through being a content creator and doing YouTube videos on automotive, you know, fixing cars and stuff like that. I used some of that material in the YouTube page and the fact that I own a media company called Digital Audio Project that this is also tied to. Uh, anyway, putting that in my resume to see if I could get a job as a mechanic and I got hired at a pretty decent starting salary and that's what I do uh, for a living now. So that's part of where I'm at too. I'm not, I, did I see myself as some kind of an intellectual? I would write books and, you know, maybe speak. I, I think I did for a while. But as far as how I'm going to serve people, you know, I'm way more comfortable changing oil and, and turning a wrench, man. This is just my story. I am not an expert. Uh, I don't know if I would see myself as, to answer that question, as a pioneer, except for as someone who kind of put out like a diary. Um, Nikki Six of Motley Crue, the bass player who had a heroin overdose, who, you know, a number of horrible things happened. He's not a doctor, right? But he is seen as someone who's credible because of what he's been through and why, and he's still alive, right? Uh, so, yeah, I don't know about Pioneer. You can, jury's out on that one. You can decide for yourself. Credibility, right? I was touching on credibility. That was another question or theme of this show. Uh, what, what credentials? I, I'm just a dude, you know. I'm just a guy who struggling for me. I mean, not to poo-poo that or say that that isn't stressful or life-altering or can really mess with relationships or your relationship with yourself and uh, what you think about who you are. And there's a lot of guys, especially who, you know, as if their porn habit gets more and more compulsive. A lot of guys don't feel good about what they're watching, if they're honest. And so it's getting into why is that? You know, why do we keep returning to this this thing? You know, my credibility would lend itself to, you know, I used to get all jacked up about finding freedom. I'm a year clean or you know, seven years clean or whatever I was. Uh, I got to seven years clean and then, you know, it, here, so here's some of the language from addiction approach or, uh, you know, people that would look at this as an addiction and just treat it as, well, you know, porn is the bad thing and you need to stop doing the porn. If you go back to the porn, then you're, you relapsed. So that's the word relapse. And I, I found that word not incredibly helpful because it brought me to a place of, um, not delving deeper into the why. Why was I looking at this material again? Why was it attractive to me? Why was I, um, you know, I'm doing this show. My wife goes out of town to to L.A. for a, a week or a week and a half, and I'm, you know, there in front of the computer 
with my pants down, right? Like, why was that seven, eight years into doing this show? You know, you, I could justify it as I'm trying to, you know, go on Pornhub because I don't, I've never seen it before, which was true until I, that day or, or that week when my wife was gone. You know, I want to be more uh, in tune to what's going on. It, it really, it wasn't that. I, I think that at the time I could have said it was that, but it wasn't. It was uh, the curiosity in me, you know. I was hearing about these webcam girls who are, you know, kind of like Uber and Lyft have cut into the taxi industry. Webcams are why people don't go to strip clubs anymore. You know, girls are quitting strip clubs to start their own webcam thing. And I'm like, huh, what's that about? You know, things, things like that. Um, why, why I was curious had more to do with where I was at than just the word relapse. Well, you relapsed Russ. Let's get back on the horse. Um, I started going to therapy uh, around this time back and forth. I've had, I've uh, been tr- depression has been part of my story. ADHD uh, kind of depression being hyperactive and my, the way of doing life um, just got sped up. Some people, you know, you think of a depressed person, you think of like Marilyn Manson or something like I saw a meme like that. Right. It's a picture of Marilyn Manson, and it says, this is what most people think depression looks like. And then right above it was a picture of Robin Williams, and it said, this is what depression actually looks like. Um, That made an impact on me. Um, Suicidal thoughts uh, that were tempting. When the when the the draw towards using pornography and using drugs and drinking myself unconscious, when the draw towards those things had lost its its flavor, you know, like today, it's kind of like that's pornography is just other people having sex. I said that in the show a lot. It's just other people having sex, which is really true. And sometimes I would say that to the you know, horny 15-year-old teenager in me that wants to see these images. There's a grown-up part of me that would just say, oh, you know, dude, that's just other people having sex. Like, what's what's it to you to just, you know... And that would lose interest, really. But in in that, that attachment, there's, you get into attachment theory here, these relationships that I was having with myself, and what it meant to treat my a sexual need like that all right and i know using sexual needs that's unpacking a whole nother whole nother thing but to answer the question as far as credibility goes i went through layers of this thing you know going seven years without even masturbating right being you know I was never really a leader in the church. Like, I didn't get into leadership roles. I never saw myself as, I mean, I liked doing this little talk show thing. But as far as being a leader of a group or something, like, I kind of got nudged into some of that. But I never took on the titles. You know, no. Um, so, my credibility is that I've been there, all right? If you're struggling with this, 
if you feel like life is you know coming apart if you're having if you've had suicidal thoughts around it if you feel like you're out of control in your own body i've been there all right i know what that feels like so that's that's all i can lend to the credibility um as far as being a pioneer in the area uh when i started in 2005 the only people talking about sexually compulsive behavior were like as far as i knew is me and Craig Gross, Triple X Church, was was podcasting then, and I think they just started. And more talking about the porn industry and helping get women, girls out of that industry was important to to Craig and and Triple X Church's mission. They also later got into recovery for for folks, uh, helping them, and they still do, as far as I know. Um, Unpacking 15 years of stubborn behaviors, um, the correct terminology. What do I think about how people, there's books written on, you know, it's not, a, it's not addiction. There's a, like, still a huge controversy in, you know, in the psycho- psychological world on whether it's addiction or not. Again, I just go to the simple definition, the Webster's Dictionary. Addiction is another word for bad habit. Something you're doing, you don't want to do, you keep doing it anyway. That's that's a bad habit. Uh, the next one on the list here, um, what I've been working to understand and the mystery of motivations and continuing to do life. Uh, when I started the show, I was in the pizza business. You know, 2005, I was, that was part of... Um, the problem you could some could say is the being away from home doing outside sales in that area the way I did for so many years uh, how did that affect my ability to keep secrets to live a double life um, I, I don't I didn't quit the pizza business because I thought that it would be tempting for me to go back to that behavior uh, that's really not, that's again, treating the symptoms. There are some people that would do that, right? Like quit your job. Um, remove all of the temptations, uh, to use Christian terminology. Uh, that's again, that's more surface level stuff. Dealing with your demons, dealing with your own ego, um, in, in Christian language, the idea of the flesh and the spirit are at war with each other. This is something in philosophy as well. Many religions will touch on this. Um, what is that? You know, I grew up, the sins of the flesh, that was sex, right? Don't be a dirty boy and, you know, you want to see naked girls or whatever. You know, there was, it was a shame laid upon sex. I went talked about it. That was the extent of talking about it. <laughs> but, you know, I, you just got the idea. You just don't, like, sex is bad it's a sin um there's a lot to unpack as far as defining sin that's another one how do you define sin is it simply sins of the flesh or sex the way i would interpret that from what i've been through and what i've studied and and again guests numerous guests on the show i've had authors um therapists pastors, uh, pastors who are therapists, right? People who are, who would be considered experts in this area. 
um, doing that over the years and, and getting that perspective is different than just you know listening to your pastor every week or my pastor every week talk about how you know I grew up that's how I grew up and the sins of the flesh you know sins of the flesh I believe are being this egocentric part of us that part of us that wants to survive at all costs that part of us that craves attention not that there's anything wrong with wanting attention or wanting to be loved or appreciated but there's a survival mechanism in there when you get to the roots of I've got to be loved and appreciated or I'm nothing right oh you you're starting to fade you if you don't get those accolades who are you you don't exist you're not you know if you if people have that that's an egocentric there's all sorts of psychology that I could cite here um but I think that's really what the spiritual um, teachers and authors and re- writers of scripture were, were trying to communicate to us that the sins of the flesh and the spirit being at odds with one another, that's not just um, you sex or stealing or, you know, you're going to do a bad thing. Um, it is... It is deeper than that. It is ego. It is why Jesus in the Bible, um, the, the, the most, right, the clergy of the time, the people doing the business of religion, the folks who had whole uh, books of the scripture dedicated to memory, um, they were the villains of the story. If you read the scriptures, I mean, I believe he loved them as well, but he hung out with, you know, that was the criticism of the religious elites. Why does your teacher, uh, you know, hang out with sinners? He hung out with sex workers. He hung out with tax collectors, right? We don't really have language for that, what that really was back in the day. If If you think about, you know, an extortionist who would come to your door raising funds for a violent, oppressive regime. That's basically what tax collectors were at the time. They were thug people who, you know, got this job based on their lack of, you know, sympathy, empathy. Uh, They were shady characters, man. But Jesus loved them and saw value in them, um, where the religious elitists didn't. Jesus saw value in in some of the, the Pharisees and scribes as well. But again, I mean, he had the harshest words for the most, you know, obedient, uh, the most learned. And, and when picking apostles, he didn't go to the Bible college, right? He didn't go to find the most scholarly, the person who had all the, the facts and knew everything, now, um, this is first century Christianity. This is part of why I believe it. Like that stuff was written down. He had women in his posse, right? Mary Magdalene, you know, is a woman of questionable integrity herself. You go all the way back to the Old Testament. You have characters like Rahab, women making uh, a mark on this story moving forward. Rahab was a, a temple prostitute, right? I mean, she 
wasn't an ex-prostitute who had, you know, got cleaned up and went through the, 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 right? Like she was at the time when she helped the spies, she was a, a prostitute. Um, that's the reality of the scriptures. And it's not popular today. It's not popular to think about God and the people that followed God that way. It's more popular to think in black and white and, you know, Santa Jesus. You know, he's making a list and checking it twice. And that's been a theme throughout the show as well, is understanding how God transforms the heart, mind, and soul rather than just, you know, it, it being up to us to, to be better, act better, uh, you know, run a touchdown for Jesus, so to speak, be more moral, you know. I mean, if you did achieve those things, you would be like, again, the villains of the story. Right. I mean, this was what got the devil kicked out of hell. If you read that narrative, self-righteous, egocentric um, attitudes towards our fellow man and ourselves, honestly, the, the tender, vulnerable parts of ourselves. And in, in the first century, when a lot of these scriptures took place and in some of the times when they were written down, this was what was going on. I just had a phone call. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's that's show, man. Live from my basement, the ASI podcast, uh, signing out. ASI, or Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, is a listener-supported podcast. Do you like what you hear, here? Please leave a review on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or wherever you may be hearing this podcast. The podcast, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, is owned by Digital Audio Project LLC who is responsible for its contents. ASI, the podcast and its content is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended to replace or substitute for any professional physiological, medical, legal, or other advice. In addition Russ makes no representations or warranties within or through the podcast or website. If you have specific concerns or a situation in which you require professional physiological or medical advice, you should consult with an appropriately trained and qualified specialist. Like the jams we play here on the podcast? Go to asi.org and follow the Kickin' playlist, or search ASI Podcast Bumps on Spotify. Follow the bands if you like the music and get notifications for concert dates, merch, vinyl, and stuff. Okay, bye now.